What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm your host, Alex Van Aken, and today I'm joined by Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? I'm doing fantabuloso. Oh. You know, like the cleaning, like... Yeah, Jeez, yeah. Isn't that what it's called? Your Grammarly score is going to shoot up after that one, let me tell you. Yeah, they're going to cancel my account for that word. <laughs> like, yeah. we don't even do, you, do you get those emails where it's like, you're in the 94th percentile of vocabulary users? Yeah, and I got like achievements apparently too. <laughs> oh, I didn't know they had gamer score. Yeah, no, like legit. They have like weird badges that you get. Or like, hey, you spelled this many words correct. Here's a achievement. Hold on, I got it. Okay, <laughs> the gamers kicking in. Like, I what's my? Score? Yeah. I don't know my score now. I don't know if they have yeah, a score attached to it. But... Oh, okay. Yeah, well, Grammarly speaking our language now. Yeah, uh, and rounding us out today, Charles Hart. How you doing, Charles? Hello, I am doing Clorox. Oh, I don't recommend that. Uh, sorry, you say you say Fantabuloso is like a cleaning brand. Yeah, or I'm, okay, I'm probably was... mispronouncing it horribly, but yes. Okay, that was my joke. Huh. I was giving a different huh. cleaning brand. CF Copeland, is that why you're doing Clorox? Okay, no, this, this is bad. <laughs> no, I'm doing I'm doing Tide. I'm Gen oh, Z. Okay. Well, I thought that yeah. phase was over. Yeah, I, I not the in the heart household. Apparently not. I, thought the I pulled up on. my Grammarly stats, y'all. People don't know Grammarly is a plug-in that you can you can pay for that helps you with improvements of your writing it's like a very smart spell check they should really sponsor us they should sponsor us yeah because we all use it hold on i'm looking okay i've got my analytics pulled up for grammarly okay uh active team members eight out of nine so one of us isn't using grammarly at all Mm, who do we think it is i'm using it (sighs) I'm using it. I, I proof a I lot. Mean, we, of, I we all said we articles. have achievements. Yeah, I proof a lot of who, who looks like they have. Do you think it's Blake? Blake seems like Blake tends to go against the grain a lot. I can see Blake. I feel like Blake. Blake is. Yeah, but Blake is also a fan of efficiency. I feel like you know. That's true. Maybe. Maybe. And he's a really good know. editor on his own. Like he doesn't need Grammarly. That's what yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, but like he's good. It's yeah. So it's like a it's it's really a compliment, Blake, that you're not using it. It's what we're if you're listening, yeah. we're not hating on you. It's like you're so good that you don't need it. I feel like I've heard yeah. him say like outright <laughs> that he's like though he, he usually recommends everyone else use it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's Miller. Maybe Big Boss doesn't No, Miller's always like he is Grant he's got the grammarly hammer. He's I, like run it through a <laughs> pass of that before you run it to somebody else. This is some real or a small team. You know, some real inside baseball to start. Out this, this was yeah. like literally in my in my like interview before I joined here. I, he mentioned Grammarly. Like that is not, <laughs> he's like, what are your what are your feelings on Grammarly? <laughs> I remember being like, all right, I guess I got to get this thing because it's it's a big game. If I want to be a big real reporter, he asked me what how many badges this. you had. He's like, you need to have this <laughs> this amount of badges to get hired. <laughs> but here, Grammarly isn't perfect though. Here's no, this stat not. from April 2nd to May 1st. Your team addressed 36% of writing suggestions. There was a total of 85,000 suggestions. We addressed 30,000 of them and we dismissed uh, or unresolved the others. Uh, my personal, to- oh, our, this is our team's tone. Uh, top three tones used by your team. 
informative. Hmm, that fits. 12% confident. Hell yeah. 6% informal. Oh. That, that's probably, okay. that's probably you, Marcus. Okay. You're, you're a little joker, a little jokey writer over there. Can you, you could be formal and jokey, right? Can you tell a formal joke? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you're, maybe you are a formal jokester. <clears throat> I go to uh, black tie affairs and I'm just cutting up there. Just mm, real. Mm-hmm. What is this? What is this? Caviar? Was that the joke? <laughs> hey, every, hey, all of you laughed. So it must have counted as a joke. Yeah. I yeah. like that. It's like caviar. <laughs> oh, well, this is a video game podcast, y'all. I don't want to hold us up any longer. Hey. I know Grammarly is riveting. You know, I could talk about it all day long. Mm-hmm. But. It's a video game podcast, and I want to talk about, just to start the show off, video game collectibles, because I just sold a lot of them. It's about physical collectibles, not in Physical collectibles, collectibles. yeah, yeah. Physical collector's items, or just like, yeah, yeah. I recently, this past week, purged a lot of my GameCube collection because I was never using it, and I'm a person who I really don't. If you saw my closet, you wouldn't believe this, but I really don't like holding on to things that I don't use. I always feel like it's a waste of like money or resources. Like, well, if this is just sitting here, you know, I could I could put this to use somewhere else, right? Maybe it served me at one point in time, but now, you know, it doesn't. And that's kind of where I was with my GameCube because a lot of the games that I originally bought for the GameCube, I've either played or um or are now on switch online or other places and um and so i was like you know what this is just taking up a lot of space i could probably get some money for it and so i sold it and i don't have any regrets i don't think i sold the gamecube to suriel or parts of it to suriel now what games are we talking here because i did see you post that on twitter and there was a half second where i almost texted you but then yeah, stopped myself because yeah. I was like, well, I saved my personal favorites. So I ended up keeping two games. Only two. And I think only two. I kept two games. I didn't have a ton. Mm-hmm. I had like Metroid Prime. That's probably like the biggest Nintendo yeah, one I had. You got that remaster now. So that's probably a little easier to let go. Yeah. Previously, I had Super Mario Sunshine, but then the Switch version came out. So I got rid of that because I'm just like, I'm about efficiency, right? Right. I want access and like, as long as it's like pretty close to the original experience, I'm good, you know? So these are the two games I kept for like nostalgia's sake. Number one, Simpsons Hit and Run. This is one of my <laughs> wow. favorite games of all time. I love this game. I just saw a Twitter post about that game earlier today, too. It's what a coincidence. Really? Yeah, it was um it was basically someone reminding you, like, this is really like a gta clone like one of the strangest gta clones of its day yeah i love this like unironically this game is awesome um and i recommend playing it if uh if you haven't and then i kept this one for obvious reasons nba street volume 2 oh hell yeah yeah i'm jealous of you Um, that you have that i've never heard of that yeah i looked it up this thing sells for like 45 bucks wait charles you've never played nba street are you are you no i i was i grew up right after like my parents didn't play video games and i didn't really have friends that did so my first like console was the wii so i didn't have gamecube stuff until like later when i started going back to it but right. definitely not not basketball games oh <laughs> man nba street nba like, street you didn't oh. have to be a basketball fan like a lot of people no. that love those games were not sports fans they were just super fun arcadey style 
basketball games, really mm-hmm. colorful graphics. Like I miss that series so much. Yeah, here's the back of the box. Here's what it says. Bigger than life moves. Because the thing was like you did all these trick moves and it was like street basketball rules where it wasn't like a traditional basketball game. It was super fun, arcadey. But these are the back of the box quotes. Hook up for a four-man showdown. Bring it on, authentic urban courts. Old school returns with NBA legends. Finally. All new signature moves and above the rim gameplay. <laughs> which is the rim. Exactly. Isn't that all basketball? <laughs> yeah, I like, hope the, so. Ideally, you want the ball to go above the rim and in, yeah, in it too. Yeah. Um, any review quotes yeah. from Game Informer on that thing? No, they didn't have any uh, any review quotes on the back of this. Okay, it's just there's probably a game of the year version or something that did. Right back in the, this is just the base. Man, seeing that EA Big logo takes me back. Yeah, man. Yeah, we need to we should do a super replay of NBA Street somehow. <laughs> well, I just sold the way that we could have. <laughs> no, we we have a bunch of I I also part of my justification was like. If I really need to play these games, I could just go to storage and access the Game Informer vault and like, you know, if we needed to do something. Yeah, that's actually why Um, I didn't text you for your GameCube. It was like, I have a Wii. Plays plays GameCube games. It works fine. I don't need two GameCube playing machines. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, this kind of fits in well with I just I wanted to talk about that. But also, Charles, you got something this week. Yes. That you were showing us before we recorded. Well, can I? I want to jump back real quick before I show. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, just on the note of GameCube games. So I was saying, I didn't grow up with a GameCube. I got, but I had a Wii. I played Wind Waker, like a GameCube copy of Wind Waker, before the Wii U version came out. So I have that. Mm. And then. That's, that's, that's a good one. It is. A, it's a great one. Uh, one of the best, one might say. And the game I wanted, <laughs> I don't really know why. I really like Spider Man games. And whenever yeah, I would look yeah, up yeah. list of the best Spider-Man games, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man for the GameCube slash PlayStation 2 would come up. It's a game I, I had never played, but I liked the art style. And I always kind of yeah. wanted it, but it was like on Amazon, it was like 100 bucks, And I was like, it's not really worth it. Um, it's but really? it's, it's like kind of silly because it's not on anything else. I think the PS2 version is also cheaper than the GameCube version. Okay, because I still um, have a, the PS2 my ps2 launch copy so i was like okay yeah. on money here <laughs> yeah <laughs> hold on which which game i'm looking it up on ultimate here. spider-man gamecube yeah uh, yeah gamecube thank god that was like oh. holy cow you're not kidding yeah although i see i'm sure you could get it without the box much cheaper i found one that is there's a lot of people who who think they have something really special here and other people who are more realistic. <laughs> I'm seeing a buy it now on eBay for 47 bucks. Okay. I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. good. But I also see a 90 to 113 Maybe it's like an, on another listing. Do they all have the case and all that stuff? Or at least this one has case. Out. The $47 one has case and manual. Oh, manual. Mask? So I got it. And disc. I got mine. I found it. I found a copy of this at like a secondhand game store. I got it. And it's it, it's like a... The store is called Second and Charles. I don't know if it exists, if that's like a Second franchise. Second and Charles? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Second and Charles. And me. Oh. Um, so there's like a game section there, but it's like mostly books. It's pretty small too. Yeah. The game section. And this one had Ultimate Spider-Man. I found it. It was like $39. Now it's like, hell yeah. Damn. Where else am I going to find this? Bought it. Brought it home. Disc didn't work. Oh, uh, no. Fast forward a few weeks. I get the disc resurfaced. It does work. Um, so now I have it. 
I played it. I played probably 30 minutes of it. And I was like, wow, this is not aged well. It's so, <laughs> it was, was going to so ask loud. It didn't feel it's also so hard to play a different Spider-Man game after the Insomniac ones, which feels so good. Um, yeah. And I don't at all regret getting it or the journey of it. But I was like, I can't wait for my brother to come home from studying abroad. We're going to play this together. And then I will probably not touch it again. So but <laughs> unlike Alex, I have no I have no desire to get rid of it. It's kind of like my my golden. No, 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 no. I, I kept the ones that mattered to me. You know? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. You know, I'm not soulless. I'm not heartless. <laughs> I remember <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man was very much building upon that 2000 uh, Spider-Man 2 with the web swinging. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just had that cool cell shaded art style because it was based on the the ultimate comics that were going on at the time, which I loved. Uh, so I was like super. I mean, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan to begin with, but I remember being pretty into that game, even though I think overall it's pretty. It's like a good B game, you know? Yeah, uh, sure, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it looked cool at the time with the cell shading. The yeah. thing that that really put me off of it is like there's a very early sequence where you're racing Human Torch. And I was winning because I like I, I know how to play a Spider-Man game. And <laughs> the whole time, Peter is like, oh, my gosh, you're the slowest human torch I've ever seen. And then like five seconds yeah. will pass. He'd be like, eat my short. Like, it's just the, the weirdest <laughs> just throwing insults. Turn in the bar Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a cow, man. <laughs> That's funny. Anyways, the thing Alex was actually leading into me about is just in terms of video game collectibles. I did get this bad boy so, or girl. For our audio listeners, uh, Charles is holding up the coveted Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom Nintendo Switch OLED along with the dock. Wow. He's uh, one of the the 1% that managed to... He even turned it on. It works. Wow. It is a working console we can confirm. That looks really. I love the the teal color on. Yeah, the we'll pull off. We'll, we'll do like a little Joy-Con showcase. Oh this wow! Is... Now he's showing off his Nerf Legends Switch case. Um, <laughs> this do is... you remember those? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. Oh, they were Gosh. awful. Look at uh, that Joy-Con. Nice little nice gold Joy-Con there. I don't know the significance of the swirls because I obviously haven't played the game. But this is like more of what Link. What's the back look like on that one? Uh, we got more swirls. I don't know if you can really see it. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah you see it. Yeah, and the light. Seeing the swirls in the back of the Switch. Uh, I guess the Switch itself. Mm. Uh, nice. Doesn't I, I love when they started with the, they started with the Animal Crossing Switch. That uh, kind of very subtle, reflective back surface. Yeah. I really like that. You guys know I've never, ever, ever have bought a, like, theme console. Like, you know, like that's themed after a video game i've only ever had the basic like i because again i because i'm cheap and things need to break for me to replace them every time it's I'm like right there with you yeah, yeah you're like oh that's a cool final fantasy playstation 4 but the one i have works fine why would i buy this you know? yeah <laughs> so the only time i've ever done it was the animal crossing switch it was the only time i've ever purchased one yeah like um, it never lines up and also maybe because i take care of my stuff like things rarely ever break so like i've kept things the only times i ever replace them is if they do like a hardware refresh of like oh i got the half step consoles for the ps4 and xbox yeah one. yeah but like other than that it never just never had a reason to splurge on that stuff even if times back I on the 360 the 360 had these interchangeable faceplates right, that I would mess with. Yeah, I had the Gears of War one. 
I still see those at like secondhand game stores that are they're like in the giant plastic bags. There's like 20 of them in there that you could just buy for like five bucks. <laughs> There's probably, you could probably make like a pretty cool art piece with that. Oh, Ooh, something like, like a table yeah, or probably. something like that. A table of Xbox 360 faceplates. Yeah. <laughs> like in, in enamel or, or yeah. Like people put like, don't do they they seal it cards off. and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. Phil Spencer probably has that in his house. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. That's what he eats his dinner on every night. Well, it, it does it feel weird that the game didn't come with it, Charles, with the collector's edition? Uh, I mean, it, I mean, the game's not out, so I don't really feel shorted on. But that, it could have been. Yeah, it could have. It is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> They've done this before, though. Yeah, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of the Nintendo like special edition consoles, just the Switches, I don't think have come with the game. Yeah, um, I honestly, I'm trying to think of the last time they did put a games. I know they were doing that with the 3DSs too, that they didn't come with the. Which is weird. It's like that, you can't put a digital copy in there. <laughs> like just yeah. have it installed, ready to go. <laughs> They'll do that with like like PlayStation's and Xboxes though. Like that'll definitely be a thing of like I'm sure if you get the Gears of War PS5, it comes or not Gears of War, God of War. <laughs> saw it, wrong wrong War. Um, God of War PS5. I, I bet that comes with Ragnarok. Uh, I do the other um, the only other special edition I have is I have the Wind Waker Wii U. Speaking of Wind Waker. Um, because oh. I didn't, I wrote, this is in a piece I wrote. You can read it on game4.com about the death of the Wii U. But that was like, I really wanted a Wii U, which is a sentence not many people have said. And I found out that they had a special Wind Waker edition that has like the Hylian characters on the game pad. And I convinced That's cool. that was like our, our big Christmas that year. So that was one where I got the special edition because I didn't already have the console. But it's usually hard to justify the special edition purchase because it's like, I like to get on early. So like, why would I buy this new PS5 when I already have a PS5, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I'm so excited. Do you think we'll ever get like a themed PS5? Because it's taken so long for them to become e like remotely readily available. Like you would think at this point we would have gotten like a Horizon or like a maybe Spider-Man 2. But it's like, I just want to see just because of how weird the PS5 design is, how people use that to plaster whatever game they want on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those fins are just two giant blank canvases <laughs> to put cool pictures <laughs> on. <laughs> they do have like the alternate plates. Like that's a thing with the PS5s. You can get them to match like the controller colors. Yeah, that's I feel like, like it's like two. It's like solid colors. You know? Yeah, I feel like that could be a thing. Like I would prefer to. Like I bought this Tears of the Kingdom Switch, and I don't regret it. it was very cool. Probably would have rather to buy Tears of the Kingdom Joy Cons. Like if it, if I could just get one customizable piece i don't need the whole shebang you know yeah but, i guess yeah. when you think about it, the ps5 is like the second coming of the 360 faceplates because you know that's like the swappable customizable thing on the hardware right so in about 20 years we'll go to a game store and see like bags of ps5 custom fins <laughs> that you can get for um, three bucks or something man maybe i should buy animal crossing joy cons because i i ended up selling that to get the oled like that's how I upgraded, mm -hmm. and I've I've been missing the color pop of of those Joy Cons. I have a, I have one of the few special I guess peripherals is that I have a Pro controller, a Switch Pro controller that is Breath of the Wild theme, and I got oh. it from Nintendo of America headquarters when I went up there for the Bayonetta three cover story because they have a they have a Nintendo store in their headquarters like they have a store for their employees and the employees that work there sell things to their co-workers which is a weird concept <laughs> and, huh? and they have an employee dis yeah that's brian brian's been there a bunch of times and has bought stuff that was my first time going but you can only go with a, a nintendo rep like if you're a visitor 
But yeah, you just go in there and just buy whatever you want. And I bought a couple t-shirts and I bought that controller. Was it the Wii U Pro controller? Or no, no, this is the Switch. Because this was last, this was Damn. in uh, September when I went for the Bayonetta store. I didn't even know they made one of those. That's so cool. That they made a Breath of the Wild controller? Yeah. Oh, wow. Am I, I, I just, I feel like I... I'm good with this. Yeah. And I bought it because I, I actually wanted another, like an extra controller. So it was still like a, a practical reason. Yeah. Because I, I have a regular pro controller that works fine. But I was like, I've been wanting to have two for like, because, you know, when you play with friends, you're like, oh, you have to use the Joy-Cons and I get the cool controller. <laughs> so Absolutely. Now we can both use regular controllers. Wait, 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 wait. When you're playing with your friends, you give them the Joy-Cons? If... They it depends. Well, if I'm playing with friends in person, it mm-hmm. usually they have their Switch too, and so sure, like they sure, can sure. play whatever they want to play. Like, and if it's Smash Brothers, then I use the GameCube controllers, of which I have like six. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like I plug in the adapter, and then I'm all set. You can use whatever you want. But generally, my friends also have their Switches. So sure, sure, sure. I I'm I'm very much like. You guys, you can use this new set of Joy-Cons. These ones might drift. I don't really know, but I'll use them <laughs> so that way you don't get mad at me when I beat you. That's um, the old, like, back in the 90s. Like, you can use the off-brand Mad Cats controller <laughs> that I have. Yeah. And I use the real first-party PlayStation controller. It. I don't know what that... Weird, don't worry. It's just as good. Yeah, I don't know what different channels on the controller means. You can mess with that <laughs> yeah. if you want. <laughs> There's like a turbo button. Uh, I, I've never played a game that uses this. Exactly. It has too many grips on it. Feels weird. Yeah. They really, <laughs> You'll they, never they... drop it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let's get into um, uh, the video games that we've been playing this week. Uh, do you guys want to start off with Redfall? I feel like that's the game of the week, and I've been I've been playing a lot of it. I was going to steal Giant Bomb's bit and go Game of the Week, but uh, I think that's game of the pretty week. sure that's copyrighted. Don't sue me. Yeah, yeah for sure. Jan for Ochoa, sure. don't sue, sue me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I'm trying to think, I'm roughly uh, 10 hours into Redfall. You're reviewing the game for us, Bobby. I am reviewing the game for us. Point that out, yeah. Uh, I have not finished it as of this recording. Uh, probably by the time you're listening to this, you can go and read my review. And if not, very soon. Uh, because we were given the game two business days before uh, the game launched. Yep. Classic Bethesda. Which is, yeah, not conducive to getting a review out the door on time. And I I took a stand, you know, not that anybody <laughs> was telling me not that I had to. But I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm going to play it a little bit over the weekend. But like. You know, I'm going to enjoy my weekend and not crunch on this. Like, I know some outlets did that, and, you know, that's their prerogative. I oh. just wasn't going to do that. Yeah, which I agree. I've done that, too. So, it's like, yeah, yeah you're basically asking me to work on the weekend because you sent code Friday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a Monday embargo. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, that typically happens when there's a game that is launching that PR isn't super confident in. And, uh there is definitely a reason for that, I think, after playing the game myself. So Redfall uh, is a co-op open world shooter, up to four player co-op. Uh, you can play it single player, which I would recommend. Um, I think I, this game is very weird. It feels like it doesn't know what it wants to be. And at its at its worst, it's very buggy. Um a lot of head scratching designs 
and weird exclusions, especially for a studio that is known for having like multiple approaches to their levels. And like, they've even used that in the marketing of the game. And it's like what arcane is known for. Like, you know, do you want to play stealth? Do you want to play guns blazing? There's really not stealth in this game. There, there technically is, but I mean, there aren't even like, there isn't even a, a button prompt for, like doing a stealth takedown. You can quietly like, melee and elbow people to death. <laughs> and they'll like fall to the ground, maybe. Sometimes um, there's been times where I walked up behind an enemy and I meleeed them and they were kind of like on a little windowsill in front of me. And I was literally like butted up against them and I melee and it just won't register. It's not damaging them because of like the geometry or whatever. So that, then I'll jump up on the windowsill and then... They instantly, you know, know that I'm there because I had to jump up there and then all hell breaks loose. And then there's another system that if you aren't stealthy in this game, there is something called a rook storm that will come. And it's it's there's a lot of systems that don't really work rook well storm. together. Rook storm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. If you if you get it's not kind of think of it like a rock star wanted system or something. Gotcha. And if you max out the bar then a very hard enemy comes and you have to fight him okay. and you can't fast travel in a rook storm either to, to leave if you do beat him you, you get some loot but i did beat a rook storm once and the special loot i was supposed to get disappeared on the ground so <laughs> that's great uh anyways how how long of a timer is that is that like a constant threat that you're worried about or is that only with like a bigger at the point scale? i'm 10 hours and i'm like 50 i've completed the first act of the game it's not introduced until probably like four hours into the game and then I'd say like once every 45 minutes, I'll summon one depending on like the way I play. It's like if, if a guard sees you and alerts other guards, that's a penalty. If you kill a special vampire type, that's a penalty, right? Interesting. Um, and it was like, it's kind of unavoidable, but mm -hmm. where I was going with that is like the way that the world is designed, you want to explore it and you want to try to like, if you're me, you want to try to stealth and find the, the, the path of least resistance and you know feel clever about yourself and like take enemies out quietly yeah. you want to play like an arcane game yeah i want to play an yeah. arcane game. i don't know if we pointed out that arcane yeah this is their newest game yeah you know yeah this is their newest game creators of dishonored and prey and uh death loop and so like at its worst it's like just a buggy mess that like a lot of its systems really don't make sense um, and I'll, I'll get into that in a bit. Uh, and at, at its best, unfortunately, uh, it's just like very cookie cutter, I think. And in, in its implementation, I think that the world could have been really cool if some of those systems weren't, wasn't, weren't actively going against variety, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like there's a very specific way you have to play this game. And that is honestly just like, shooting guns and like it's an f it's an fps so of course like that's going to be a way but it definitely feels like the only way if you want to have fun and even then like one of the things i've been bumping up against is like because you know you're fighting vampires as well as uh regular people and they each require like their own weapons like vampires have specialized weapons that work better against them like uv lights yeah and, like, so you can light. only kill a vampire with a stake and so that can be, you can kill them like execution style if there's like a uh, a stake equipped to your gun, uh, or there's a stake launcher like Marcus was saying, or a UV light. But like regular bullets won't kill them, 
And then humans, yeah, you could just kill them with anything. Yeah. And the problem with that is that uh, the game, for whatever reason, even in single player, like there's no such thing as pausing the game. It does the sort of like Dark Souls thing of like, oh, you can go into the menu, but things are still happening around you. So if someone sees you, they can shoot you in the face while you're trying to switch guns. And because because you can hold up to three guns, I don't know if you can hold up to more later, Alex, you might know. Three. Yeah, just okay. Because I was like, I feel like I need to switch my weapons all the time. It's like, okay, I've got three regular guns because I haven't run into a vampire in a little while. But it's like, oh, see a vampire. Okay, I need to switch to my stake gun to deal with this. But it's like going in the menu to <laughs> grab. There that really thing. should have just been a weapon wheel. Yeah, it feels like this game needs a weapon wheel for how often you need to change your strategy because you run out of ammo fairly quickly. Yeah, and depending on the weapon you're using, like it can be kind of hard to find ammo. And the same, the opposite too, where it's like, oh, I've got like two vampire-centric weapons, but I, oh, I, I'm fighting a bunch of humans. I, I need my assault rifle right now. And you're like, I can't just do that without getting shot in the face or having to run somewhere to grab. Yeah, I can't swap. Yeah, yeah it's like it, it, I, it, such a, it just makes fights frustrating in a way that's not fun. And I've gotten killed because of that. I'm like, oh, I just don't have the right gun equipped, and I can't change fast enough. And especially for like, why can't I just pause? I'm playing by myself. <laughs> you know yeah yeah and like when you get to that moment where like oh i have like zero ammo in both of my weapons and i've got like this weird third weapon that is like a sniper or like a ray gun that only works on vampires like and like like you said yeah i can't pause the game like what what the heck three is also like i haven't played the game but three feels like a weird number like you would think it would be like four minutes i would assume it's like two or four yeah Yeah. like whatever the i don't know what the the specific like ideal loadout there is it changes kind of it feels like you always need to at least have one vampire weapon on you just in case but then you're sort of sacrificing like you're like okay i need a i should probably have a handgun like a close range and then sometimes it's like oh i want a shotgun to blast dudes that just because you get you get rushed at least i have been pretty easily because it can be kind of hard to spot enemies when you're just sort of roaming around like you'll be i've been surprised a bunch of times where i turn a corner like oh there's like three people here Mm. and i want to just blast them immediately but then you're like oh i don't have my shotgun because i just i just don't have it equipped right now and you're like oh and now i got this uv gun that does nothing to people (laughs) yeah and on the topic of enemies i outside of one or two types of vampire oh that's not fair there are, I will say there are like different types of vampires in this game. And there are also uh, special vampires that have special abilities. And some of those special vampires, like the siphon and the shroud, I think specifically the shroud, which is like a vampire that like disappears and reappears. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes hard to figure out what kind of vampire you're going up against in the, in the world. Or if you're in like a dimly lit place, like, and you want to play stealth. Sometimes I felt like I was getting caught off guard because I couldn't tell from their silhouette. Maybe they were bent over or they were sometimes the vampires will just start teleporting around at random and it really makes it really hard to play stealthily. Um, And like most of the, I mean, vampires, I haven't really figured out a way to take them down stealthily besides the stake launcher which is like will instant kill a lot of them yeah that thing's but so that thing is also not silenced and there's been plenty of times where i kill a dude and i kill a vampire with the stake launcher and everyone's alerted and there are some weapons that later on you'll get that are like silenced but it just never feels like a viable play style against the vampires 
And the only reason it it's viable against the humans is because the humans are so weak. They are literally just cannon fodder. Like, especially like there, there are times in the early game where, and even, even, even further on where like, you will just like, it feels like one bullet removes, like kills a human. And it's like, why are they even here? Like, there's no challenge at all. And to the point where like, I was switching my challenges, challenge mode around or the difficulty. And I was like trying to figure out like, where, why, why does this not feel good? I feel like they're deadlier in number because I feel like all of my deaths are when I just get overwhelmed, which makes the the lack of stealth frustrating for me, where it's like I go into an area and it's like, oh, there's like 10 people here and like half of them are vampires floating around. You're like, I don't want to fight anyone here because it turns sideways real quick when they're all shooting at you because I feel like you get torn apart really easily early on. Uh, and healing takes a while because it's not instantaneous. Like you got to find a spot to kind of hold down a button to heal. So it's like, if I could just thin a herd by like stealthing and just taking out as many as I can, I, I want to do that. But again, like you said, unless you can get up close to them and do your little fatal elbow attack. <laughs> um, oftentimes I've been shooting them in the head with like a handgun and then running away before anyone can like, because, you know, everyone's <laughs> like, what? What was that? Who, who's going yeah. over there? And you're like, oh, this doesn't feel because it was like it was a gunshot and either they all hear it or not enough of them hear it when you think they probably should. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I ask just what what the story of this game is? I didn't realize why you're I didn't realize you were fighting non zombies or not zombies, non vampires at any point. Vampires have taken over a harbor town called Redfall and have trapped it with some magic. And they are the vampires, though. We're once humans and they are like science based vampires, like through a series of science experiments, they became vampires it's like Resident Evil vampires. Yeah. And they are uh, the humans. Um, there are the Bellwether Corporation, which is like uh, mercenaries that are trying to take down the vampires. But they also like they're just like uh, an elite militia that want to take over and will kill anybody. That's not them. And then there's like cultists who are humans who want the vampires to to convert them to vampire yeah like vampirism. they just worship the vampires gotcha yeah and later on in the game uh, in the second map um there's two maps in this game that you cannot go back and forth from it's just like you're on one map then you're on the other for story reasons At, there are like several there are a couple like more factions that play and they kind of play against each other which is cool i guess i um but yeah yeah so you're trying to like take back you're trying to bite back and it's, it's fine. Like, I think this is probably the least interesting arcane lore that I've come across since like the dishonored series started coming out. I think like dishonored was really cool. I've heard prey has really cool lore. I thought death loop with like the time machine loop stuff was really cool. This one, I think I just, a lot of my complaints of this game come down to the fact that i don't think this should have been an open world game i think they really really stretched themselves thin by having to fill two open world maps with with like a bunch of content to make it an open world game right and so a lot of it feels like don't get me wrong there's some highlights but like the majority of it feels really watered down and kind of like i said cookie cutter and I imagine that is like a production issue where like we don't have the the time or the staff 
to really make this an interesting open world and also an interesting arcane game. And I feel like you just get this weird mixture that kind of oscillates between between these two ideas of like what it wants to be. And I, I just, I just, yeah, it's, it's a big disappointment. I think I am not convinced that arcane, I'm sure they're capable of making a really cool open world game, but I'm convinced like their strong suit is like the linear, the Canyon. When I was talking to Harvey Smith before this game came out, he was telling me about how like most arcane games are designed as like, they call it like the Canyon approach where like, yeah, there's like a bunch of paths and stuff that you can take, but like, they're eventually funneling you down into this really cool point of interest. And they know the angles that you're going to view their world from. And they know like, and th- from there they can like build out an interesting thing. But when it's just an open world and you can be looking anywhere, coming from any direction, it just doesn't hold the same weight. And also they, they make traversing <clears throat> the world kind of an annoyance in a way that you don't it see is. in a lot of modern open world. But like, I hate, that because you're unlocking these safe houses along the way and they basically serve as like spawn points and like refill points but then every time you die you go back to that safe house which is annoying where it's like oh i was way across the map for this mission and then i died and i gotta go all the way back there and it's like can i just start where i die <laughs> that would actually be a lot better than having to warp back to Dude, like the last yeah. it's like, i don't understand why at least give me the choice to say, like, do you want to start here or do you want to go back to the safe house to refill or whatever you got to do? You know what I mean? Uh, Some of the characters have traversal abilities, but they're only really effective and interesting once you're at the POI. But getting to those POIs, it's like such a slog. Like, you just have to sprint there. There's no no transportation. And then or... oftentimes you're getting jumped along the way because you're like, if I, a lot of times they're like, oh, I'm just going to run straight there. But that means I'm not being careful about, like, sneaking past people so then especially when there's times where i'm low on ammo or health and i like i need to preserve what i have for the thing i'm trying to do so i'm gonna s- try to get there as quickly as possible and then i get jumped by like three vampires along the way who pursue you relentlessly <laughs> and you're like well now i got to deal with these guys and use up the things i want to save for the fight because i can't warp there yeah there's that side of things where it's like it's like feast or famine with this game like there's either so many enemies that it's like overwhelming and sometimes like I think this game is at its best when there are more enemies to take down because there's actual risk and I actually have to think about what I'm doing. But I feel like a lot of the time it's the opposite where like I will run for like, depending on where I'm at, like I will go like five minutes without seeing a single enemy. And I'm like, where is everybody? Like, it's just like very inconsistent. And yeah, it's just, it's just, I... It's a bummer because I think if you were to take some of the like very interesting POIs from this game and just like made a linear arcane game, you'd have like some really cool stuff to work with. Some of it's just quality of life stuff too. Of like, like I'm with you. Like I think I think arcane can make a good open world. You know, it's just some of the design decisions. Like, oh, this this is such a solvable problem because it has been solved in other open world games. Like this is just like a matter of convenience of. Hey, I selected a story mission. Why doesn't it automatically show place up? Place a the waypoint. Map? Yeah, like why do I have to manually place a waypoint and then have to keep changing it? Because I'll forget sometimes and keep going back to the same waypoints. I'm like, oh right, it doesn't auto update. I have to keep placing it for the thing that I want to do next. In multiplayer, if you're out questing with friends, in order to accept a side mission from a billboard, right? You can run up, you can get in these safe houses and there's like a wall and it has like side missions. 
I can't just go and as even as the host, I can't just go and pick up a mission for us to do together. Everybody has to run or fast travel to the safe house, go inside. And then I have to accept the mission when we're all inside. And then we all leave the safe house. It's like, I can't just like assign a mission for us to play. Yeah. It's like, it's such a, a process, you know? Yeah. And that's assuming that nothing falls apart. Like, game wise of like oh someone got kicked out of the game randomly now we gotta wait re-invite that person back in and, <laughs> and start over again there's also a weird very weird balancing issue where like this is supposed to be like a multiplayer game right and i invited you guys to my game to test it out and when you go back to this or if you die or if you even if you you succeed in a mission your health items which are very necessary because you take it only takes like a few hits for you to die in this game. Oh yeah, you're super fragile. Super fragile. And your healing items are not on a recharge or a cooldown. You have to pay each you have to pay for charges of your medical of your healing items. And you have to like pay money that you get in the game to buy healing items, to buy ammo. None of that is free. And so Marcus, Miller, and Blake joined my game. They were early in the game. I was like midway through, right? But we were also on the same map and like I was just wanting to do side missions and it's supposed to scale them to my game level. They didn't. But one problem we ran into was they after we finished the mission, they didn't have money to buy ammo or buy medical items like so they just couldn't use a lot of times like they just couldn't use a certain type of gun like they couldn't heal we were like dying super quick because nobody could afford uh first aid kits and i the person who (laughs) who has money and who has ammo i can't share any of that with them weird and i've never like thinking about like other games that are super like loot focused and like you know opening drawers and grabbing stuff it's like that's kind of just how you replenish right like go look around grab stuff but like I mean, some places have stores, but it feels like the the cost for that stuff feels a little too steep. Of like, it's like yeah. over a grand to be like, I just want to refill my guns. And you're like, if it's already out there, for me, I feel like it's enough of a of a challenge just looking around trying to find stuff on your own. Like, it's like maybe that should just be where the challenge is because like you're gonna run out of stuff in the field no matter what because you know there's so many enemies and the vampires take a lot to take down a lot of the time. So like having to pay this exorbitant fee just to kind of do it all at once feels a bit much, you know, it's like, yeah. I'm going to use all this up anyway. And I'm going to find it just like, maybe just slash the price in half. Cause yeah, you, you feel bottlenecked sometimes of like, well, I want to use this gun, but unless I find it ammo out in the field, I can't afford it. So I kind of have to go out there and try to get some money by killing stuff or whatever. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things that just feels off, you know what I mean? Like the economy and whatever. Just from what I'm hearing, a lot of this stuff is like quality of life stuff you're saying, Marcus. Do you think this game is like beyond saving? Like, I feel like there's kind of a trend lately of, you know, developers take it like six months to a year, year and a half, and then come back with like a big update and like things are way, way better. Like, do you think that that kind of stuff can make it palatable or or is it more of like a, a broad design based I think some uh, of the issues. little individual things we called out could be like the waypoint issue. That feels mm-hmm. like something that could be passion. Like, yeah, now when you accept mm-hmm. quests, it just automatically, you know, puts it on your compass. Like, 
we heard like the we heard you that is annoying we'll we'll change that like there's things like that i feel like that could be tweaked but i mean at a broader design level i mean alex you might have a better idea since you play more but i think there are some things like the quest system and being able to pause the game are probably major <laughs> what a, overhauls. What, what a big ask honestly though just uh, it's so funny to say that like there, there, there were times when i would i would uh be playing the game and i would be fighting a big enemy and like i would throw down like an aoe or like something that would damage them over time something like that and i would die and because the game doesn't pause it continues going i would like die or like quickly respawn or whatever and then I would get like mission complete or I'd like complete some sort of quest step because that person died mm. while I was dead, but they're across the entire map from me. And so now I have to, you know, run and pick up something that they dropped to finish the mission or, or in the case of the Rook, right. That happened to me with the Rook storm and the Rooks give you like really cool weapons and like there's incentive to, to kill them, even though it's really hard. I killed a rook as I died and it spawned me like a good five to six minute walk away from the rook. And I walk back. I, I, that's an exaggeration. It was like three minutes. Okay. It feels, it feel, it starts to feel very long in the tooth when you have to do this multiple times. And I get back there and the loot has despawned that the, that the, the rook dropped and, and it's like, well, I just wasted all this ammo on this thing as well. And I don't even get, like it's just oh there's so many things that are just wrong with this game can you patch in a weapon wheel is that possible yeah i'm I sure would, you yeah. i would love that like even like the resident evil 4 remake style like quick select where you can have like eight things like anything yeah. like that again because so many of the weapons in this game are so specific and are like unitaskers basically with the mm -hmm. vampire stuff you're like i might not i don't know if i should have this on hand all the time there's times where it's like oh i got this cool flare gun but i only have i don't want to take away the three guns that feel more important so i might not ever use this cool thing especially because of how much work it is to go into the menu and select it and also make sure you're not getting shot in the face while you're doing it and if i could just seamlessly swap between like five guns i don't think that'll affect the challenge at all like i said between how fragile you are and how many enemies they can throw at you in some spots it's gonna be tough regardless so if you can let me swap between like oh i'm gonna stake this guy and then immediately shotgun this other guy and they're gonna put my uv lamp on this guy and come up with like cool combinations of using stuff like that'd be awesome so i don't know if that's possible but yeah yeah just i know they're like they're they're planning to release two more characters maybe they'll kind of save those for like a bigger patch bigger one update. of the characters like special powers is that he can hold multiple weapons <laughs> <laughs> it's got an extra arm Speaking of like joke. character powers, I I think that's one of the, the, the strong suits of the game. I think, you know, I like I like the protagonists. Um they're cool. Like uh there's I play I'm playing as Devender, who is like a cryptozoologist who hunts for cryptids and you know uh chases the supernatural. And he's a he's a really fun character and uh his ability, he's got like this arc lightning antenna that he can throw down and it it'll like zap people and if a it'll catch things on fire too or like like for a vampire if you get them weak um you don't have to stake them if if you've got one of those arc things on the ground because it'll like burn them up right 
Um, he's got a really cool, and why I picked him, he's got a translocator that he throws, and it's like a teleport. And I thought when I was starting the game, that would be like a really cool thing to interact with. And it is. Um, and you could upgrade both of those things. And then he's also got an ult where like he puts down like this UV ray that puts a black light and UV light in like a uh, you know a radius around it. And it petrifies zombies into, or not zombies, God, vampires into stone if they like come into contact with it. So it's like when you've got a swarm of vampires coming at you, you activate that thing and all sudden, like mid animation, they all just turn to stone and you just punch them or shoot them and they crumble. And like that stuff's really cool. I think uh, Layla is another character that I played in the preview where she yeah, has I'm this. I'm playing as her in my game. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, what are her abilities? I know you have the elevator like the spectral elevator lift yeah which i never use because i've yet to find a good spot for it honestly even though i i liked it in trailers but as i'm playing i'm like when should i use this when you're playing by yourself because like, i just use it like traverse yeah I get guess, the high ground i guess you know yeah i guess i maybe because i've been around spots that have like ladders and stairs like, i'll just run up there it's quicker than <laughs> using up my power juice <laughs> for it um, yeah but she has that umbrella that acts as a shield, can absorb bullets, and then you can throw it at people. Uh, I recently yeah. unlocked her ultimate, I guess, which she like summons her like ex boyfriend who's like dead. And then yeah, he, like, vampire ex boyfriend. Yeah, he goes around and like beats the crap out of people. He's probably the best thing because again, for how quickly you can get swarmed, having someone there, and he, he can also kill vampires instantly. Like he he doesn't yeah. need to stake them, so I'd like summon him for that. But you know, you gotta wait a bit to use him. Yeah, so, yeah, she's fun i maybe not as fun as i hope but maybe i gotta like sure there's like a whole skill tree with the, all the powers something that just gotta unlock more like enhancements and stuff and make it better you know what i mean yeah like i unlocked an enhancement that lets my uv light if we also if we stand by it, it heals us and boosts our damage like stuff like that right and i think in a different version of this game there that would be really rewarding right because arcane games are really well known for like the powers and stuff and and the creative ways that you get to use them right i feel like this world kind of pushes against your creativity at times whether due to bugs and technical issues or just because like it's unbalanced or like you don't have stealth mechanics to like play the way you want to play yeah just uh it's a bummer because there's there's a lot of i think there's like the world itself is cool right i think like a lot of the vistas are really neat. Like the way that they have like the water frozen or like in stasis around Redfall. But yeah, it's just, it's a bummer that it's not more put together. Um, especially cause like they are probably arcane is probably my favorite game studio right now. And I loved death loop, even though death loop was a little more mainstream for them. Right. And it's in the way it, it kind of went about things. It's still at the heart. It still felt like it had that, that weird DNA that their games have. And I think at its best, this game is kind of just like standard shooter. Yeah, it's kind of, but then even with some weird design choices that a lot of standard shooters don't, you know, don't yeah. make, like weird mistakes. Like again, playing co-op, only the hosts can retain story progress, which to me kind of kills any desire to want to play <laughs> co-op for any reasonable amount of time if i'm like everything i'm doing if i'm not the host it just doesn't matter basically <laughs> i gotta redo this again later in my own it's like why, why despite the fact that it's mission based yeah and and so many other co-op games and you are so that. yeah you're selecting 
your mission's mission base, which you'd think like, okay, well, when I go back to my game, I'll just have that mission done. Yeah, you're like, again, that's the whole, that's like the best thing about two birds with one stone. Like, oh, I can play with my friend and progress in this game. It's like, nope, you're going to have to have that conversation with your buddy about like, well, who's going to, who gets to keep all that stuff? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, uh, I haven't, I haven't scored it yet. I think at best this is in like the sixes for me, probably low sixes Yeah, at best. I'll, that I'll, could change, you know. I'll keep poking around with it on my own just because it's out of a love of arcane, honestly. Yeah. I don't know how much longer I'll play single player. You know, I, at least at the time of this recording, I just streamed it for a couple hours not long ago on our Twitch channel. But yeah, it's it's a bummer. Yeah, it is. I think as all, all, the story also like the it's just like pretty one note and half the time i don't even know what's happening because the way that uh the subtitles work i couldn't i couldn't make the subtitles so that it only has main characters talking in the subtitles right. and so like and i can't like uh, customize the size of the subtitles or anything like that and so there are plenty of times where like I'd be hearing a main mission dialogue and like all the random NPC barks would be like scrolling and like, I'd miss what, yeah, it's just, it's a mess. I got to say this whole time I was like, this game doesn't sound very good. I probably won't play it, but maybe, maybe it'll be good one day. That subtitles thing. I I can't, (laughs) I I rely so heavily on subtitles, like the concept of that being interrupted. I'm sure they can patch that. Sure, yes, yes, but just like that's a thing where it's like, oh, I gotta wait until that's fixed because I, I, it's like my ears don't work if I don't have. Me too. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm having this conversation right now. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) When I listen to songs, I literally don't know what the words are saying most of the time. I just hear the melody. Yeah, I I rely on subtitles because otherwise, just noise. Um, but yeah, it's it's a huge bummer. My biggest disappointment of the year and. It sucks like talking about it like this because I know I've met a lot of the people or not a lot, but I've met several of the people that are like that work at Arcane and they're all lovely people. Like I've had nothing but good interactions with them. I love their games typically. And it sucks knowing that like, you know, my job is somebody who is, you know, critiquing this game, right? I I'm going to tell you how it is. It just sucks knowing that they're on the other end and I know that they're going to hear that and that, I mean, that's the, that's the name of the game, right? Like, that's how it goes. And it's not like I think I could do better, right? Making games is hard, but it just, this one, this one's a miss. Yeah, it's like I respect that they did something different. I, I always love when studios try something new and yeah. don't just do the thing that they are known for. It just didn't work out this time, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I would like to see them go back to, like, more single player stuff after this experience. What if you added vampires to Dishonored Three? I mean, give us what we want. Just give us Dishonored Three. Yeah, no <laughs> I think they're also like I think they're very tired of Dishonored Three. But now that they've spent like you know a f- several years on this game, maybe maybe they'd be willing to uh, to go back to it. But yeah, just <sighs> it's rough. It's rough, man. <laughs> I was so excited. I like. This is a game review. I was like screaming, like, let me review it. I love their games. And it was just, it's just uh, been bad. (laughs) We've all had those 
those releases that just really late. Is this up there as like an all time disappointment? Because when I think of like all time disappointments, like yeah. games like Devil May Cry two come to mind. Castlevania Lords of Shadow two is another one that really hurt me because of how much I love that first game. Is is this like? Yeah, this is this is you? up there for me. Yeah, I was I was talking about this game like it was my most anticipated game alongside Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, like I was very much expecting uh high stuff and the preview that i played was probably the, one of the best parts of the game in the actual full game yeah my preview was previewing pretty well across the board yeah my preview was really positive and that was like probably the best mission in the game um <laughs> in terms hey, of like how good, good choice on them yeah, yeah good great, choice on the preview, preview pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well cool well i know uh we, we spent a lot of time on redfall but uh, Charles, you've been playing, you finished Jedi Survivor. We talked a lot about it last week, but tell me what you thought. Yeah, you survived. Yeah, I, well, you don't know that. I don't know if you've finished Oh, I guess we don't know how the story ends I'm not, I'm not spoiling it. I'm actively not spoiling it by saying you don't know who survives or not. But <laughs> I will say that this was a game where every five hours I was like, that's why it's called Jedi Survivor. Oh, <laughs> that's why it's called Jedi Survivor. Did the characters like, keep saying the word survivor and then looking at the camera and winking? They did actually say the word survivor way more often than, than I expected it to, to the point where I was like, I wonder if they knew what it would be called as they were writing these missions. No, but uh, yeah, I finished it. Um, I absolutely love this game. I I really liked Fallen Order, and this was definitely one of my like more anticipated games. It really just knocked my socks off by like how much... In, in the way I really, really loved Fallen Order... The fact that I was like, if this is just more Fallen Order, it'll be fine. And I just feel like it went above and beyond what I was expecting so much that I'm just like so happy with this. This would probably I'm also a huge like Star Wars video games fan. Like my I really I really love uh, the Force Unleashed on the Wii. That's like one of my favorite games. And Jedi Fallen Order, I was like, oh, this is great. This is like exactly what I want. Um, Jedi Survivors, even more of that. This would definitely be my game of the year if <laughs> tears of the kingdom wasn't coming out in two weeks which puts all that of course into serious question but the thing i i especially i'm sure you guys talked about it. I, I haven't listened to that episode talked about it at length but the last five hours of the game i'm not i won't give any details about it for spoiler reasons but like really caught me off guard by how much I was sucked back into the story of it. Like I, the story was probably not, not poor, but like the weakest part of my experience of like start was very good. And then I was kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of going around and, you know, looking mm-hmm. for this thing. Kinda and that's meanders. just kind of what the story is. Yeah. This is kind of a meandering plot, but I liked the combat so much that I didn't really mind. And then the like last several chunks of it, uh were so good there's like three fights that are like i thought were the final boss <laughs> where i was like the game's gotta end after this oh the game's gotta end after this and then the final one i was like well the game is definitely ending after this but yeah i i just was so so excited by that i and uh, it has a new game plus a lot of the times the game will come out and then like three months later they'll be like we've added in a new game plus but this one yeah. launched with it and i am debating on uh jumping right back in and playing more because I just really like how those lightsabers feel. I, I, uh, I am, I think eight hours in still, I haven't gotten to play uh, since last week cause I'm on Redfall. but that I cannot wait to go back to Jedi survivor because 
I was having so much fun with it last week and it, it was probably, it was, yeah, I was up there. It was right there with you. Like that's my favorite game of the year so far that I've played. Yeah. Um, it's not perfect by any means. Like it's got some technical issues, but like, I think that game is awesome. Um, and worth looking past its flaws to enjoy and play. Um, and I, that's somebody who's like, I'm like, I'm kind of lapsed on star Wars a bit. Like I'm kind of, but this is like kind of bringing me back. And I realized like, Oh yeah, this is why I like star Wars, like the melodrama and all of the fascinating characters that you come across. This game just nails it. And like the, the traversal in Jedi survivor is so freaking good, dude. I love all the platforming puzzles I've, I've come across so far. I just and, like that. They made him climb faster. Like that. Yeah. Like, Oh, it doesn't feel tedious. They're like, he's just like a little squirrel boy and he screws yeah. up those, those grates real fast. And I, I'm down for it. Yeah. That was like that, that kind of ties in. Cause in the first game you eventually unlock like climbing gear, which lets you climb like these rock walls and then also makes you climb way faster. And it's very much one of those things where it's like, man, I feel like you were holding me hostage this whole time. Like, there was just a button to press to go faster this whole time. You didn't let me do it. Yeah, he absorbed the climbing gear in his body. Now he, he can did. climb faster. This whole game very much feels like... Uh, that was also my my thing at the end of Fallen Order of I was like, wow, I feel like I'm like a Jedi now. Like I've unlocked all these abilities. I love switching between like these lightsaber types and such. But then the game was over. And then the new game plus for fallen order you just keep your cosmetics but you don't keep any of your abilities there's no like skill tree continuation so it's really just like a i don't know that's not really what i want from a new game plus this one has like you keep all your abilities and then there's like new perks you can equip to be like you deal more damage and take more damage or there's a party lightsaber mode you unlock which i think is just like a rainbow like cycling lightsaber color what and just like uh, yeah, this is this is just such a the exact kind of evolution I wanted. So I I just wanted to bring up that I'm just very happy. Yeah, I still have a ways to go. I haven't played much longer than the the stream I did Friday, uh, which you can watch in our archives. But like hearing you guys' excitement and other people's, like it feels like they did what I hoped they would do, where this is like the ideal sequel. Where the first game reminds me a lot of a, uh, it's like the first Assassin's Creed where that game came out and it was good, but it had problems, and you're like. The sequel is going to be amazing if they can address these things. And then it sounds like this is the Assassin's Creed 2 of Star Wars, the Star Wars Jedi series, I guess is what we're going to call it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, like, yeah, all those things that were annoying, we, we, we fixed those and we added some cool stuff and just blew it up in a cool way. And even the few hours I played, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm already more into this than I think I was in the early hours of Fallen Order, which is a game that I really liked, but you know, yeah. it it's mm-hmm. yeah, it it's drawbacks. Um yeah, I I can finally dive back into it because I, I spent the weekend kind of clearing my plate of other stuff and I didn't want to get yeah. like dragged in. So I was like, okay, now that I can I'm allowed to play this like in earnest now, <laughs> basically like outside of work. So Yeah, that's fair. I'm I will say for reference, my I use I I'm rounding down a little bit because often I will like leave the game pause and then go do something. But my playtime, it was about 30 hours. I did a bunch okay. of side stuff. It's also just like really good exploration of like uh, just as you unlock the new abilities, going back to earlier places and being like, oh, that's what all those floating orange blobs are for. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I'm going to take I'm, I'm taking my time trying to find stuff. Uh, can I ask Charles, now that you've finished the game, what was your lightsaber color? This is a great question. This is a vital 
Did you guys answer this question when I I, I messaged it to Alex before? No, you I forgot to. I forgot. Didn't. To, okay, we didn't get fine. to all the questions last week. I always pictured him as a yellow lightsaber guy, but for some reason I cannot explain. I went green like this whole game. I found out I you can change like the colors of his clothes, and I ended up doing like uh, green's my favorite color. I ended up doing like green shirt, green pants, green BD one, green lightsaber, and then it worked so well that I was like, I can't not do this. But I th- I think I usually like to do yellow, but something about this one I was green the whole time. I'm always a yellow and orange guy if it's an option. Like even back in like um, the Jedi Knight series, mm. you could you could use different non-standard colors and i was always orange or yellow and i think i started this yellow and now i'm orange okay i'm orange too i was orange in the first game because i was like oh it matches his hair yeah (laughs) yeah. and also i was like i don't think anyone that i know of in the fiction has an orange lightsaber so maybe that can be his specific thing you know so it's also i i get very caught up for some reason of like i want him to look correct like i want him to be to be customized but i don't want him to look wrong like when i so am playing a, a game <laughs> yes i gave him a mullet immediately um no and and his lightsaber is his master's lightsaber which is that's, that's blue true. originally and so i always have the thing in my head of like i had to stop myself from changing it back to blue because like i don't want it to be blue but it's supposed to be but you can change it yeah. now he's you customizing it on the memory of it's your his master. choice i get it <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> yeah i remember also looking up uh in the past like what the different colors mean in the star wars universe and i'm, I'm pulling it up right now because i don't exactly remember but i so the yeah if you have a yellow lightsaber in the current canon according to ultrasabers.com slash holocron uh in current canon the yellow lightsabers are associated with the jedi temple guard who were charged with the sacred task of protecting the temple of the Jedi order on Coruscant. Uh, the Jedi temple guard who wore masks to remain anonymous carried yellow lightsaber pikes, a type of saber with a long hilt and a blade emitting from each end. It also means you can change your last name to Skywalker. True. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just at will. It's a force power. Oh, and this is the Jedi Sentinel. That's what I remember. Uh, if you reach back to the shadowy and non canonical realm of Star Wars Legends, you encounter another type of Jedi who utilized the yellow lightsaber, the Jedi Sentinel. The Sentinel represented one of three schools of Jedi, the others being the battle-ready guardians and diplomatic-minded consulars. Sentinels occupied the position between those two types of Jedi, taking inspiration from both and giving themselves latitude to fight, negotiate, or keep watch as the occasion demanded. uh, Sentinels were realists, not, not idealists saying they were the realist is that well, yeah oh yeah absolutely okay uh and then i think the orange ones are uh supposed to be like gray jedi um, oh hmm. yeah so like balance between light and dark do you guys also look at the orange saber and kind of think it's like a cosmic cream sickle like an orange <laughs> cream sickle i, like, I exactly never not see that now <laughs> yeah that, that's what i'm that yeah screw all that other stuff yeah yeah. Well, Marcus, take us home. What else? You, what else have you been playing this week besides Jedi Survivor? Uh, well, actually, I actually haven't played that much this week. But um, I play. I've been playing a game called uh, The Last Case of Benedict Fox. Uh, this yes. cool like indie game. That Metroidvania. 
yeah, Metroidvania, some Souls in there, like oh. Souls-like DNA, which I wasn't expecting, as well as some um, detective stuff, like like almost like adventure game style. It's an interesting amalgamation of, of different sort of like styles. Um, this game, I remember it, it, it debuted at like an Xbox, it might have been like an ID at Xbox showcase or a regular Xbox hmm. showcase like a year ago. But I remember seeing it and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Uh, especially like the, the art direction looked cool as kind of like a stylized uh, look about it. Um, it's It came out last week. It's on Game Pass. Uh, I think it's it's on Steam and I, I think it's everywhere, I want to say. Um, but the idea is that you're playing it as this detective, Benedict Fox, who is possessed. I don't know, maybe possessed is not the word, but he's got this weird like entity inside of him that uh gives him superpowers it's like this dark voice in his head it's pretty much like the darkness <laughs> now that i think about it uh, he's got the symbiote in him it's and, and that too i was gonna say it's like a venom style relationship where it's talking to him in his mind and it's giving him like dark thoughts and has like very dark commentary about things and it's got the <laughs> venom voice of like oh yes this this looks horrible or she has a dark heart. I want to eat it. Stuff like that. Um, so these two are like partners. I still don't know the nature of their relationship, like how it came to be. You're sort of like introduced. With, you're like, it seems like they've been together for like a decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. And you're going to this giant mansion and you're basically investigating the deaths of this man and this woman. Uh, they were married. I believe they might be your parents, sort of. It's uh, it's kind of like sort of. vague somewhat a little bit. But what's cool is that, so the house itself that you start in is like a medium-sized environment. You know, it's got like different levels. And you, when you're exploring, you already see a bunch of like interactable sort of puzzle things. Of like, oh, there's a drawer here. It's got this weird combination key that have these different symbols. I need to find something that tells me what symbols I need to like match up or like, you know, lock doors and need special keys. Uh, but then the Metroidvania stuff kicks off where... You f- you're exploring the memories of these two people. So, like, you know, they're dead, but then you mm-hmm. jump into their minds, basically, and it's like a limbo dimension where you're reliving their memories uh, as you're exploring the their limbo, which is, like, this sort of, like, twisted version of the house. Uh, and then that's when the map is, like, super big. Uh, you're running around. Uh, the entity that's in your head gives you some supernatural powers uh where you know you can attack on your own with like basic melee and you have like a pistol that the entity charges but then i I unlock this thing where you can summon tentacles this is where the darkness symbiote comparisons come in where yeah you can just shoot tentacles that grab people and throw them around um it can also help you double jump though this game has a weird double jump where because the double jump works where when you jump the second jump comes when the tendrils just connect to something and pull you higher. So that means you can't double jump unless there's something either above you or just a ledge that you can grab onto. So like if you're like in an open field, basically with nothing around, you can't double jump, which is taking some getting used to when I'm like jumping on a platform and I'm like, oh, I can eat, I can just double jump. And you're like, oh, actually, no, I can't because there's nothing nearby to like latch onto. And they kind of highlight different points. So you can kind of see what you yeah. could attach to. So it, it's a conditional double jump. I guess, which is something I'm still getting used to. Um, but it, I think my favorite thing about this game is that it looks really nice. Like the level design and the art, like it looks awesome. The 
amount of detail that are like in the backgrounds both in like the mansion as well as like the limbo dimensions and just it, it it's just fun to look at i think the puzzle solving so far has been not challenging it, it's more like oh i found a lock you gotta explore and you find a note that has a picture of like oh this is the combination you need to input and then you just go back there and and, and do it uh so there hasn't been anything well outside of like one puzzle with keys where you're kind of just like it's almost memory of like okay i have a picture of these keys and they each have a different number value and i gotta arrange them in a certain way to to basically do like a math problem but other than that i've collected a bunch of like random items that some of them give you stat boosts like oh i found like a severed hand that i guess makes my like demonic powers better and then there's like heart piece equivalents so like oh i find enough of these i get extra health pips but other than that i have a bunch of random stuff that i don't know how they come into play yet outside of like you get currency every time you find them which is used to buy some like a very small amount of items from the store uh you're upgrading your shadow abilities by going to this lady who's like you literally tattoo uh different symbols on your body and that gives you like new shadow attacks and just improves the existing shadow attacks which also has maybe my favorite like unintentional comedy of the game where because the performances like the voice performance in this game i'm gonna say are like mediocre at best (laughs) um and some are just kind of bad and benedict is also like just his performances are very wooden and when you get your your tattoo he puts his arm out and you know you pick your upgrade and he's like talking super calmly in his sort of like hard-boiled detective like yeah i'm just gonna get these tattoos and then the Mm. moment you upgrade he starts doing it and he screams like oh 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 and then immediately when it's done he goes back to like yeah i'm just really calm and so like (laughs) the first time i got it i had enough currency to get multiple upgrades in a row so it was just like this funny sequence of him being like yeah, I'm ready. And then, oh, oh, and then, yeah, okay, I'm ready. Oh, oh, like just <laughs> losing his mind. And I was like, I don't know. If, I don't think this is supposed to be funny, but just the delivery of it is yeah, fantastic. Uh, the Souls comparison comes in where you're finding different fast travel points as you explore. And when you kill enemies, you collect ink, which is basically a currency that you use for the, the tattoo stuff. But when you die, you lose your ink to the enemy that killed you. And it also makes them stronger. So you have to go back and, you know, kill him to get it back. We've all done this at some point. But it also has an interesting banking system where uh, whenever you go to a fast travel point, you can actually, like, basically store the ink that you've collected so that it's safe. And you actually can't fast travel on if you have ink on you. The kind of limit free fast travel will like okay i'm just gonna use it and then like a notification comes up saying hey if you fast travel while you have ink you're gonna lose it permanently are you sure so it's like a choice you have to make like do i want to run miss gauntlet again to get back to this place or should i just walk to the nearest fast travel so i can bank the stuff that i have uh i which i'm okay with like it hasn't been too hard to work around you know and i guess it kind of keeps me from just fast traveling constantly and exploration hasn't been too insane to where it's like oh i haven't i haven't hit a stretch where i'm like oh i don't want to run this again you know what i mean because the, the fast travel mm-hmm. points are like decently spaced so far i think my least favorite part of the game so far is probably the combat i think mm-hmm. it's okay at best uh you like it's a lot of melee uh you have a parry that you can do which the timing of it feels questionable at times um and then you have your pistol like you're pretty much just 
slicing dudes with your knife until you build up your one pistol shot, which is almost like a one hit kill, you know, when you can unleash it. But a lot of the enemies take a while to die, like sometimes too long. Where it's like, I feel like I've been hacking at this dude forever and he's still standing. <laughs> and then also uh, there's just some cheap enemies in the game that I'm like, oh, I'm not a fan of these guys. Uh, I did one big boss fight that just wasn't super great. It, it felt kind of cheap trying to figure out like, what am I supposed to hit here? And then mm-hmm. you go down pretty fast and, and yeah, there's another sequence that was also pretty combat heavy where I was like, Oh, this feels less fun just cause there's some of the enemies are too hard. And also you don't really have much recovery time. So there's times where like you get knocked down and then you get hit again and you're just done. And you're like, oh. I, I just stood up and then I got hit in the face with a projectile. <laughs> and it's like, I, I couldn't have done anything because I have to, you know, stand up. So yeah, some of that stuff's icky. There's also might be a little bit of technical jank where I had a, um, I had an instance where I died and then respawned and I couldn't move. So I had to restart the game. And then upon restarting, all of my recent save progress wasn't carried over. Oh, that's so I had sick. To kind of, yeah, so I kind of had to rerun a portion of the map again. And I was like, it's only happened once. And like it all the saves pretty regularly. And you can also manual save. So I don't know what the deal was with that. And so I'm hoping that's a one-off. But overall, though, there's something about this game. that I, I think I like the vibe, the presentation, and like the sort of like exploration stuff combined with the puzzle solving. Cause a lot of puzzle solving is in the mansion. I'm like, okay, run the limbo stuff, then go back to the mansion and see mm-hmm. if you can solve a puzzle now. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of digging it. Like I'm going to keep playing with it, but it's definitely got some, some hangups that hopefully don't get like exasperated as the game goes on. So yeah, seems, seems pretty cool overall so far. Awesome. Well, um, we've got, we've got a listener question it was left over from last week on I get to. But first, I want to get into some housekeeping. Uh, just a reminder to everybody watching and listening. Single issues of Game Informer are now available. If you go to GameStop.com slash Game Informer, uh, you can buy them for $5.99 a piece. Uh, I'm checking to see if what, last week we had our Dead Island 2 cover, our Sea of Stars slash Indie Game cover, and Resident Evil 4 cover. And now it looks like they've now added our Diablo 4 cover. So Yay. if you want physical versions of any of those, just single issues, uh, you can go and buy them for $5.99 a piece. Um, that does support us, helps to keep the lights on, uh, as does you know your um, uh, your annual subscriptions if you're a digital magazine reader. All of that uh, really does support us and help us, and it's, it's a big deal. So uh, thank you for, for doing that. Um, if you want to follow the guys here, this week on social media, uh, you can follow Marcus at Marcus Stewart seven on Twitter. Are you active anywhere else, Marcus? I feel like there's been a lot of Twitter alternatives popping up. There's Instagram. Is there, is that the place people should go follow you still? Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big social media guy. So like Twitter is enough for me in terms of like what I would actually be willing to devote time to. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I've thought about starting an Instagram and I always go like, I would never check it because I can I <laughs> check Twitter as it is. Yeah. Uh, you can follow Charles at Chuck duck three, six, five. Same for you, Charles, or are you, are you a poster? Uh, yeah, I'm not much of a post. I feel like I used to be, but then I became, there's, there's a difference between posting like into the void and then having like people, you know, following you where I was like, Oh, I don't want I don't want you guys to know my thoughts. I don't, <laughs> what? I don't like know. Friends? No, you know, just 
it, there is a difference though of like i i was a regular tumblr user for a very long oh, time yeah well, i can but, see why you stopped <laughs> but i only had like two people i knew following me that never interacted with my stuff and it's so nice to just be like oh i had the worst day ever blah 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 i hate this or whatever whereas on twitter it's like i don't want to complain about stuff what if a developer sees that i didn't like their game golly i can't i mean they already see it if you write a bad review technically so <laughs> yeah yeah no, i don't know yeah well you can follow charles on twitter at chuckduck365 uh you can also follow me uh at it's van aiken on twitter and if you're on on instagram i'm also there i only really i don't really i post photos from my travels there uh just because i'm i like cameras and that's a place to post photos but uh yeah go and go and follow the crew here uh, i'd love to talk to you about games or if you have thoughts on on the games we talked about today let us know uh and then lastly go and listen to our nintendo podcast all things nintendo hosted by brian shea comes out on fridays um, and it's a great show uh, so go and check that out and lastly shout out to matt storm aka dj stormageddon uh, they are our podcast editor and do great work couldn't do it without them so thank you matt all right let's get into this last section we've got a listener question of course if you want to ask us ask us a question you can send us an email podcast at gameinformer.com or join the discord which you get access to uh, by subscribing to us on twitch and you can post your question in the game informer show uh discord but yeah this question uh was a leftover from last week we didn't have time to get to jherb24 uh says and asks halo wars was a pretty sweet rts what game series would you love to see an rts version of i've never played an rts what yeah well a lot of that is because that genre was exclusively pc for a long time and i didn't grow up with a pc in fact we got our first computer when i was in high school and that wasn't a gaming computer and i didn't get my first computer to myself until i graduated high school so a lot of pc stuff like i just didn't wasn't exposed to it so the closest rts actually i ever played was brutal legend (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the, hey that's the, an rts of the sorts. band battle stuff i know people say it's a bad rts but <laughs> it's, it's, so i don't know maybe like i know what the genre is so with if like, someone if someone theoretically just wasn't just like didn't really know maybe what the genre was like did you uh, maybe we want to say it for them yeah give a brief explanation just for like a li- like a list not someone on the podcast because we all know we're all professionals uh, we all know it stands for real yeah time yeah of course real time strategy real time strategy you know your starcrafts your warcrafts your civ well civ is a 4x but we you know that's a subgenre of rts you know your your age of empires your your halo wars so kind of spawning spawning in units on a map that's I'm thinking right in units thing. on a map, bird's eye view, you know, like collecting, things, collecting right? your units and, you know, getting resources and building structures that enhance your armies. You, and yeah, Starcraft is a what's the meme? It's like protect the pylons or, or build the pylons. It's like <laughs> yep. a Starcraft thing, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, You're so on to that. Uh, wrestling. WWE Perfect. 2K24 is just an RTS. It's just Perfect. all the. Yeah, you just send them all out there, and they're, it's just a faction war. Like hordes know. of wrestlers? Yeah, why not? See, I always count city builders as real-time strategy as well. 
It's like a non-combat okay. real-time strategy, in my opinion. So I'm going to rehash an idea that I think is an excellent idea. And we need a Pokemon-themed city builder where you are building out your own region of Pokemon. You are building gems, building towns, and managing economies, and hiring Pokemon and their trainers to help you complete tasks. And uh, I think that would be really cool. And like for a multiplayer mechanic, you could like have maybe your trainers in, from your region. Once they finish your region, they go off to other regions and like, you know, come back with new Pokemon or like, you know, that kind of thing. I think it'd be cool. I count that City is, Builders as RTS. I'm going to say, I think that idea is amazing. Is that cheating? I was like, I don't know if I've ever, because I've played City Builders. So does that mean I've played arts? Because I've never like consider those the same thing <laughs> real-time strategy same with you know City i mean Builders is that saying like it strategy. like fire emblem is also is that count too yeah, i'm using well, a real-time strategy not real when time. i play when okay. i play call of duty I, it's in real time and i'm strategically <laughs> shooting at people yeah that's um, a good point yeah i love fortnite there's a lot of real-time strategy in that i'm <laughs> constantly thinking also a city builder if you're really desperate. yeah yeah if you're really good i'm gonna say uh and i think this i think this is an rts i don't know if either of you have ever played lego star wars 3 the clone wars i've not played it i'm familiar with it there is there is a multiplayer mode in that in which there are you each get a side of the field and there's these little pockets and you can run up and purchase different like types of units that will spawn and fight the other side of the field um and i loved that so much they could get like big legions of like clones going out and the other tide would have like the droids and then you could be the character running out on the field to like help them with stuff mm. um so i would love to see just the next lego star wars game is just a really really big expansion to the one multiplayer mode in lego star wars 3 the clone wars perfect yeah. Feels perfect. like star wars in general is a good answer right? yeah just Lego Star easy. Lego Star Wars is a better answer, one might say. Okay, you want the Lego but, aesthetic? I think you know. I'll stick to the I'll stick to the main prompt. What if? What if? On, on the theme of this episode, I'm making sure I'm looking something up to make sure I'm right. What about a Dishonored themed RTS where you are building different districts of Dunwall, or maybe outside towns of Dunwall, and so you've got like, um, you've got like the giant robots that you can research. And, and, you know, they, your, your defenses could be like the, the energy gates they're fighting. Um, I guess there's other nations in that world probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, What are the bad? And like like your, your sea units could be like whales that you tame. Cause all like, it's like a (laughs) whale punk kind of game. You know, you could send assassins out and like be stealth and like, yeah, you could have like defenses and like set up like, you know, I don't know. The tutorial is you're trying to stop a bunch of rats from getting into the barracks. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe. What if the next Final Fantasy game is an RTX? Like Final Fantasy 17 RTS and you just have like it's it's like their evolved version of Final Fantasy Tactics. Okay. That could mm, be cool. Mm-hmm. People like that. Ta- what if they were like, hey, next level tactics. Now you have like an army of chocobos and knights on top of them. Chocobo. And you got to you got to protect the, the crystals instead of the pylons hmm. or whatever. You know? <laughs> I mean, work, it would be I mean. a pretty big, it would, pretty, it would make they sense. Could, like, you could definitely make that games work. are the template for that, you know? Yeah, I like Final absolutely. Fantasy tactics. Yeah, definitely. 
that might be the first the same way final fantasy 14 makes me want to play an mmo for the first time and i mean i guess i have played it because i've never played mmos besides that it i could see that that would be the thing that would get me to play an rts if they did a final fantasy version of it fair fair all right well thank you for that question j herb oh i'm sorry real quick yeah kingdom hearts rts keyblade wars oh that's how the keyblade graveyard happened yeah. It was like a zillion Keyblade users all charging into the Heartless. That's pretty good. I'm down. Pretty good. Well, I think that's going to be the show this week, everybody. You can tell I'm kind of slouching. I'm kind of leaning back in my chair. If you're watching the video version, it's because it's time to go. It's time to log off and and go play some games and go eat dinner. And, oh, to go to bed. Closing oh. time. Closing time. Uh, thank you, everybody, for, for watching, for listening this week. Uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Uh, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out. All right, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.